I think I think actually what happened, Steve, was um, he went for a run beforehand and he passed some tree that just got gave him all sorts of all sorts of sniffles and and he couldn't actually suit up for the Chiefs that night. season boys but the finals are finally upon us i'm a little hazy today after a pretty big mad monday on the weekend as i'm sure five other teams are uh you must be up and about welcome commissioner andrew uh good to be here it's um yeah always good to be here but it's a bit hard with the weight of expectation of the only uh podcast host in the finals You'd think of the number of finalists in our league, half the league, that we would have got someone in. So it's good to have you amongst it. And another guy just having, he looks like he's had his own Mad Monday, a bit of a Mad Wednesday, Chris Keane. <laughs> uh, good. Good to be back, boys. I did miss it last week. Uh, so it is nice to be back. And yeah, Mad Mad Wednesday, right, I'll tell you. We, we definitely missed you. Um, the, the feedback I got was just the flattest show of the year. Just absolutely no... No positivity, no insights, no research done, which all of which is probably pretty true, if I'm perfectly honest, at least if you're just talking about me. Um, boys, we're, we're finally at the business end. Uh, we're going to do what you know we rightly should do and just focus on the teams left for the majority. So we might whip through the games from the weekend just to round out the last match. Um, but just before we do, can I just ask the six teams going into finals? I think we, with the exception of Havers who missed out um, obviously, he was a, a seven and five. Goes unlucky to finish seventh. All of our predictions from the preseason got thereabouts, apart from old Andrew and Fitzy, which we won't talk about that. Um, but we we're feeling pretty, you know, sort of pretty much as expected with the teams that got in. You reckon it's roughly reflective of the best six sides of the year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Dale has been pretty obvious with how stiff he thinks he is, but um, you know, I think. Every team with a winning record, like no one scraped in. Um, apologies to Havers for a winning record that didn't make it, but you know, I think the cream has risen to the top. He says yeah, that I think... with a big grin, obviously knowing that he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I think that's a fair call. I mean, there's a few hard luck stories throughout, um, namely, namely Dale, and I know he's been very, very vocal with how unlucky he has been. And you could probably argue there's been a few, uh, few. Uh, what's the acronym? Kissed on the dick, K O T D. We're looking at you, Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what. If we if we uh, go by points for for the season, always. I know we've discussed a number of different metrics that best reflect uh, achievement. But if we go by points for for the season, Jared just came from the clouds to finish first. Woodsy second, Cam third, Dale fourth, Andrew fifth, and myself sixth, Reese seventh, Camo down in eighth. So I reckon, well, look, all the finalists were in the top eight. So there was no one that was just completely, I mean, Camo, there's a pretty big gap between his score and everybody else's. But, um, you know, no one was too far off the mark. And for Dale and myself, while we technically might be a little bit unlucky, we were fourth and six points four. So it wasn't like the top scorer of the year missed out. 
I think, yeah, th throughout the year, these have been kind of been the six that we we flagged um, as as potential dangers to win it. Maybe apart from yourself, Steve, you've lost four in a row. So you were at one point, you were five and four and right in the mix. Sorry to bring that up. But um, uh, look, hey, I, I can, uh, worse than that, I've lost six in my last seven. So yeah. if I want to feel like I'm unlucky, I've got to just look at the record and go, to be honest, I wouldn't have done anything in finals based on my recent record anyway. Definitely don't deserve to be there. All right. Well, let's jump into the games from the weekend then. Um, as I said, don't need to spend a huge amount of time on a few of these. We might start with you and I, Andrew. Uh, you got the job done 118 to 108 just to make both sets of records look a little bit better. Not that it was going to change any of the finals, or that probably would have changed the complexion of who you played. Uh, any thoughts out of this one, boys? Uh, I'll kick it off. I mean, I think the biggest concern... Well, sorry, not a concern, just a question for you, Andrew, just the the impact um, that Jalen Hurts has on on Miles Sanders going forward. Um, are we ever going to see Joe Mixon again? You really need one of those wide receiver twos to come on here um, to give yourself a chance to um, to compete, I reckon, in the playoffs. What do you think? How are you feeling about Miles Sanders, for, for starters? Not great. Not great. Um, the play, yeah, I think they've got a tough matchup this week as well, but... Um, and they've already said Mixon's not going to play this week. So, I mean, I'm hoping with with Hurts, they're going to run it more. And, I mean, he is their best weapon. So, you would think if you're a competent coach. But, I mean, Doug Peterson may just not be a competent coach. So, um, I mean, I have to play him. So, let's hope it works out. Otherwise, you know, he might be, might be playing AP next week. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a frustrating year for him. No doubt. Um, I do also see you've you've stockpiled some three defenses. Is that uh, looking forward, looking ahead? Yeah, I um, picked up the Cowboys when um, the Cincinnati uh, Brandon Allen got injured. So I'm like, if they're going to play a third string quarterback, then I might like the Cowboys team might actually be worth playing. But I think. Alan's going to play. So, I mean, they still might be worth playing at the moment <laughs> in starting them. But um, as, as, as someone who's... Always a couple of steps ahead, aren't you, Kamish? You're always just, you're always just thinking three moves ahead of the rest of us. Uh, our chess, well, I the think chess point, checkers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think at this point of the year, like you're not going to play your fourth or fifth no. like wide receiver. Like you never, I'm never going to play... Like I've got Michael Pittman. I'm, if everyone's Jefferson and Evans and where else I've got a healthy, I'm never going to play them. So you're better off taking a defense that you might play in a week or two if you get that far. Like that's why I've still got the Browns defense because they've got a uh, they play Baltimore this week, but then they've got the Giants and the Jets. Like that'll if you get them against the Jets and they put up twenty, that wins you a finals. Whereas you know, the fourth or fifth wide receiver on your bench isn't going to win your final. Yeah, I no. agree. I think it's also good. Um, it's it's a good tactic because there's six teams now that aren't looking at streaming anything. So you're not competing over defenses as much. Yeah. So, if, you know, all other players. So if you've got to drop one to get a player because you'll lose a quarterback, you're not going to have to fight it against many people. Um, and only comment from me on this one just was that, it was kind of pleasing, to be honest, to lose my last game basically to Justin Jefferson, which was obviously pretty exciting <laughs> in the old Vikings performance on the weekend. So 
um, I was uh, not not displeased that that was the outcome. Hasn't he had some rookie if season? Started being gritty at home. Oh, I, if if I was coordinated enough to do it, I think I would. The thing with him is, I, I just I think back to draft night. <laughs> I, I wanted him. I was certain Dale wasn't going to take him because he wouldn't know who he was. Dale just takes him at random. It's just you, you think back all these moments that just have defined seasons. I uh, and I never, as a result, never got to get near him. And uh, and then of course Dale, like most things this season, just stuffed it up, gave it up, just didn't get the benefit of him either. I I can I just say I do like the the strict criteria that the the curse breakers have on their on playing a defense. I mean he's he's not settling for Brandon Allen. He wants the third stringer before he starts him, mate. <laughs> I wouldn't shy away from starting the Cowboys defense against Brandon Allen. Gee, whiz. I reckon. Yeah, I, I reckon. I don't, I don't mind it. I think have a high bar. I reckon maybe even go a step further and say, I am not starting a defense unless they're playing against the practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. It's that or nothing. <laughs> a Denver, Denver COVID situation. <laughs> It'll come again in a hundred years. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, so Mate, next based on the US, it'll be two weeks time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, next one was, look, Woodsy come out. Um, Nothing interesting about the result. No surprise there to see Camo get pasted. Probably a little bit interesting just to see him put up the lowest score. Was it ever in the history of the Ocho Bowl? 49? How does that rank? Do we know? Yeah, I don't know. That's got to be. It's got to be, doesn't it? I think it might be the lowest PPR score. I think there might have been lower standard scores. Oh, yeah. No, in the PPR era. That's like saying, you know, you won Super Bowls before they merge the leagues together in 1950 or whatever. You can't count that. So I agree. PPR, if it's the last PPR score ever, it's the lowest score ever, which is abhorrent. And I've actually started um, calling Camo Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, um, 49ers coach, as you know. So with that big score this week, I think he's surely got a new nickname. <laughs> On you, Kyle. Yep. There was, uh, yeah, Camo and Kyle, the only two people in the world on the weekend who coached a 49. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> but have a look at the charges. Like Herbert's obviously got into the playoff, but that trade again, we keep coming back to it, but that Herbert for Murray trade will, will go down in Ocho history. Um, he starts the Chargers defense again, minus three. 45 um, Henry the score in that game. They played in Hunter, a 45-0 loss and he had the defense. Hunter Henry, um, Started over Jaseki. That's probably a little bit stiff, but um, just just made all the wrong moves. But fortunately for him, it didn't matter um, because he's he's, uh, he's he's got a spot in the playoffs. So good luck to him. See so how he goes. The 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 big question clearly out of this one. I mean, we're not going to spend any time with Woods' team because he's obviously ticking along nicely and you know not too many issues over his side of the fence, but. Camo, we talk about the charges. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did not get a snap on the weekend. That's got to be worrying you when your best running back is not getting a snap. You've obviously got Josh Jacobs, who, if he doesn't play, that was, what are you going to do? He was, he was, sick, got the I think it was just a, It was just because he was sick. Like, he, like, yeah, I think if they needed him, he would have played. But I think it was more they just... Because you can have the 50 active on game day it was just a like if we have two injuries or something then he can jump in but we don't want to put him in when he's got a cold or whatever 
I think I think actually what happened, Steve, was um, he went for a run beforehand and he passed some tree that just got gave him all sorts of all sorts of sniffles and and he couldn't actually suit up for the Chiefs that night. So look, I think uh, you might need to explain that to the listeners, but um, he, I, I still agree with you. I still think he's a bit of a concern. Um, it's not like Lev Bell's going nuts, but it's just that. That that role is just limited at the minute. Um, obviously, yeah. still got still got upside with uh, the offense he's in, but I think just think they just rely on Mahomes so much it doesn't really matter. Like last year, they won a Super Bowl without relying on any running backs. Um, this year looks very very similar to me. So um, yeah, they're not probably expecting him or needing him to do too much at the moment. But do you want to fill the listeners in on um, your uh, running adventure today, <laughs> Steve? <laughs> Yeah, well, what I will say is, uh, before, I will do that. But before I do, I just will say that the difference between myself and Clyde edwards Lair is I've fronted up tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm pushing through the pain, whereas he just sat on the sideline with a big jacket on. Uh, no, so I was, listeners with a, with a keen ear might hear that I'm a little bit sniffly tonight. And I was just explaining that there's a certain running route that I occasionally go and I've discovered through trial and error <laughs> something that I run past on that route I'm clearly allergic to because just got a shocking runny nose which is why we're going to probably not be our sharpest tonight but that's okay um, we, we we don't always have to be our sharpest as long as we're there for grand final in a couple of weeks time we're up and about that's that's what it's all about because as we've said all year in in Ocho if you don't win it it doesn't matter it's pointless you don't win anything so um, yeah i not, not clearly not just affecting my nose at the moment. I'm not making any sense either from from what I'm hearing. Um, and I, I think we've got to we've got to give it up to our number one team on the year in Woodsy, who has um, is much maligned, finishing seventh every year. He's broken that duck, finished on top. So all credit to him. I think he's um, he's done well with some trades. A few things have fallen his way, but um, like his team looks really nice at the moment. Number one tight end clearly. Um, Derek Henry's kind of just going, but we expect as the weather gets colder that he kind of comes into his own, own at this time of year. Um, he's got some some nice, still some nice players on his bench as well that he can bring in if he needs to. So well done to Woodsy, I reckon, um, on finishing on top and um, certainly in the mix, isn't he? Like, do you think he's favourite or what do we think? Well, probably. I think there's probably three... There's kind of three clear standouts, um, Jared being the third one, in addition to Cameron Woodsy. And the the disadvantage to Jared, of course, is he's got to win three games in a row rather than two. But based on recent form and in the way his lineup's looking, he's definitely got to be considered in that bracket. But, yeah, I, I think the three of them are looking good. But as we've seen in the past, Andrew back in 2018 showed us all, doesn't matter how good your team is, all it takes is one bad game in playoffs. Um, and- so anything could happen from here. But, yeah, I, I, look, you'd be pretty happy if you would. You already made a bit of money over the year from some side bets and you're just rolling in. You've already beaten your, your average or your best ever seventh. So you're just sort of onwards and upwards from here. And it could be a good segue, but I think uh, Reese might be in that mix as well, personally. Um, well, I think it's a pretty tight, tight top six, to be honest. I mean, we're, we're missing Andrew as well and... Um, one other, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I think anyone can really win, which is well, the, the, oh. There's Camo, who could be... Uh, <laughs> no, be... no, I was right the first time. There's five of you that can win it. <laughs> so so it is a good segue, just just on to Reese. So he, he, he played you on the weekend, 133, beat you with 115. Um, 
he kind of got even performances across his team. Big Cole Beasley, which Andrew was following this one closely, one of the iconic Ocho players just got the job done for him late in the game. Uh, he had Cam Newton, of course, who he didn't start this week, which I think might have been the first time this season when Cam's been playing. Um, he actually found a bit of form again in the 45 nil win, so it's nice to have that in reserve. And, of course, the big one was McCaffrey was on bye. Uh, so he might get him back this week going in the playoffs. It looks like a bit of upside for him. Yeah, I look, I think if a lot of fantasy teams this year that had McCaffrey probably didn't make the playoffs. So um, because obviously he probably goes number one overall in a lot of in a lot of leagues. So the fact that he's he's scraped in, made the playoffs, and can now um, kind of launch with with a fully healthy, hopefully, Christian McCaffrey um, is a massive advantage, I think. Um, going into the playoffs as well. So I, I still think he's a certainly a danger team um, in this playoff. You, you finished your season with a 115, Keeney. Just look, it was it was game on, to be fair, because there were a lot of late window, you know, uh, late, you know, what do you call them, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday games this week. Um, your man, Deontay, Dobbins, and then on his side, Beasley kind of playing in those late games. Were you okay with how you finished the year or a bit flat to go out with a loss? Oh, look, you, you're never never happy with five and eight, um, clearly. So, no, there's pretty poor year overall. I mean, my, my rookie running backs didn't get it done for me. Um, I will say this week, though, Big, the big fella, AJ, just fumbled at the goal line, which was fun. Yeah, um, was and then they picked it up for a touchdown. And then, of course, Cleveland were up 38-7, so Ryan Tannehill had to throw the ball a ton. So that was a fun little game script kind of thing to, to look at in this one. But, um, you know, that's the way it goes. So onwards and ups, upwards for next year. I'm going to take some learnings out of this year. I might get in contact with Woodsy and <laughs> um, it might be worth the investment. I might have to, you know, sometimes it's best to admit when you're wrong. And just to to take that feedback on board and look, fantasy pros maybe the winning formula. He's finished on top. He got the best draft grade. We know that um, straight out of the draft. So, draft grade, yeah. They uh, <laughs> he might be onto something. So Woodsy, if I'm in contact in the next couple of days, mate, you'll know why. You're gonna stick with the rookie running backs next year, or are you gonna? Diversify your portfolio a bit more. Uh, yeah, the portfolio wasn't that diversified in fairness, was it? But um, look, I don't think, yeah, I don't think the rookie running backs were too much of a problem. I think Swift was coming on nicely and then got concussed. Um, I was kind of happy with him. I actually think Acres now, if I was in the playoffs, he's kind of got the job now. And um, the other one is Dobbins, who I think it's a matter of time before he takes over as well. So yeah, it's probably the whole COVID thing where they didn't have a pre-season probably hurt me in reflection um but i'm i'm a creature of habit when it comes to that so it wouldn't shock me <laughs> if i went back to the well <laughs> well the, the the upside for you is that um we've made such a big deal about the fact that they've failed you this year that maybe you'll get them all at a bargain basement price yeah. in next year's draft because everyone yeah, wants maybe. to stay away from them yeah uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see how we go um let's move on to our next one this was one of the kind of didn't have a lot of implications game, but just interesting because uh, Jared just went berserk. So two of the contenders, Cam and Jared, 
Cam put up a 116. Jared put up a 189.6. Was projected for 200 for a lot of the game. And really the interest here was just, will Jared break the yearly top score mark? Which, of course, he ultimately fell a little bit short of. And it was made more interesting by the fact that he was playing Cam and Cam's was the mark that he was trying to chase down. So, I don't know. What do we reckon here? We obviously it didn't have a lot of playoff implications, but it meant a fair bit just in terms of form going in. Um, obviously, Darren Waller went berserk, uh, which helped Jared a lot. But the, the interesting thing there, 189, and he had Gibson, who's a lock for a 20 most weeks, and he gets injured right at the start and scores one. Yeah, it's um, it's also Waller that he got from Cam as well a couple of weeks ago yeah, um, in the Eckler trade. So, um, I mean, I, don't, I did the maths just to double-check to see if they'd switch places if um, Cam would have won, but it still would have been the same. But then it changes because I think Jared probably plays Eckler. So uh, who knows what happens there. But, um, yeah, Jared looking very ominous coming into finals. I'm glad I haven't drawn him in week one. Very, very ominous, um, no doubt. Especially with Young Hoku just tearing it up in the in the kicker ranks this year. What a pickup that's been. That's been fine of the year. Um, he'll bring Godwin back in this week. Like his team's loaded for mine. Um, scary proposition when they're all healthy. Jonathan Taylor, another rookie running back, probably picked the wrong one. Um, and so he looks like he's kind of getting a lot more involved in the Colts offense now as well. So um, I really like Jared's team. I think he's going to go very, very close. Certainly. What do you think of Cam's team? Yeah, I think Cam's team, like it, um, I mean, it, it just does have game winners, like in pretty much every spot. I mean, he was highest scorer for nearly the whole season, like, Watson looks like he's playing pretty well now and he's not going to play Indy every week. He probably doesn't even play Zeke. Like he probably keeps Eckler on the field and then probably plays Ronald Jones. Then you got um, like Hopkins, um, Boyd and maybe Curtis. Oh, Curtis Samuel. Does he have COVID Curtis Samuel? Um, even Debo looked good. Has looked good the last two weeks. So, I mean, they're all players that can win you a week. So, um yeah, Cam's team is also, you know, one of those teams that you could just put up at 190 again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they're High both. Ceiling. I mean, mm. the, the, the difference, you know, obviously the difference is Jared's got to do it three times, Cam's got to do it twice, but I agree. Both of those teams on, like, they can put up an unbeatable score on any given day. And I, I um, think just with the closeness of the whole playoffs, we'll get to it in a sec, but I think everyone's ceiling is quite high. Um Sorry, Carmo, but maybe not yours. Everyone else's is pretty high, I reckon. Oh, old Kyle Shanahan, 49er. He, um, he's, he's only got to increase his score by 150 if he wants to beat Jared this week, who he comes up against in the first week of the finals. <laughs> not to get too far ahead into the previews, but probably requires a couple more things to go his way than as did in round 13. Um, let's, let's go next game. This was the, the highly touted build, big build toilet bowl. And um, didn't happen because Ben just was too good leading in. However, Fitzy, just with nothing on the line, finally pulls out all stops and puts up a 139.5. Got the job done against Ben with a 117. Uh, 
Look, I mean, Corey Davis, 35.2. You're probably not going to expect that to happen too often. But outside of that, it wasn't like there was anything extraordinary happening in his roster. He just kind of had a solid week for once. Um, the big thing for me, though, was just the gutsy and ultimately right decision to bench Kyler Murray and put Rodgers back in. And he gets rewarded with his highest score of the season. Just amazing, really, isn't it? And he goes into the preseason on a high. And you know when you're... As we know, playing you know playing footy together, Steve. You, when you're having a, a pretty ordinary season and you you no chance of making the finals, just that the last round and you have a win, it really sets you up for a good preseason. I, I always felt so. I think only really good things can come out of this for for Fitzy. So on your Fitzy, yeah, I agree. You definitely you you're only as good as your last game, and um, which is why the last game I played before COVID got caught off for a season, we got belted by 100 points. <laughs> Which is why I've basically just been walking around in the slump for, for eighteen months. But no, I agree. I think I think he he comes in. I mean, we'll 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 come back to his team, but I think he comes in with you know a little bit of positivity towards the end of the year. We can look back and you know, I'm sure he made some mistakes, but he did a few things right as well. I reckon it's onward and upwards for Fitzy, even though he's three and ten record, he's going to drag down that average a bit below four point four, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, it will. And we make a bit of fun of Fitzy, but I mean, he has, like, if you're ever going to have the fantasy season from hell from a, from a luck point of view, um, Fitzy is exhibit A in 2020. There's not much that's gone right, really. So um, he's been a bit stiff. Yeah. Um, anything on this one, uh, Andrew? Um, no, just... I mean, it was a pretty good game. I mean, like 250 points between the two of them. Um, yeah, if they could only play each other every week and put up this kind of effort, they'd be, you know, knocking on the doors of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, speaking of playoffs, there was close to 240 points put up between Camo and Jared on the weekend, which which bodes well for an exciting playoff game. <laughs> unfortunately, only 49 of them were Camo's. Yeah. Um, our last game from this week was uh, the other one that had playoff implications, Dale coming up against Year of the Haver. Uh, Haver, unfortunately, for those of us that were riding him home, got done here and other results didn't go his way. So he dropped out of the, to seventh position, that unenviable position of being seven and six, but missing out. He scored 102. Dale scored 127. He goes to five and eight and continues telling the world that he's the unluckiest man of all time. Uh, look, just didn't just didn't didn't work for Haver. Unfortunately, if he'd started Marvin Jones over Claypool, he gets a bit closer. Probably doesn't make the difference in the end, though. Just, I mean, he, he was. No, yeah, so yeah. He, he had, so I chatted to Havers about this. So he started. It was between um, Jones and Shepherd, and he started Shepherd. So he would have made 20 points there. And then he started Aikens over Fant after Fant had a dud week. So if he changed those two around, which were 50-50s, mm. then he's in the playoffs and Reese is sitting at home having a cry. Good to know. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing here is if I look at Dale's team, Dale didn't really make any role roster decisions either. So, because usually you can say, oh, yeah, if you did this and that, but you're forgetting about the other person. But actually, he sort of, you know, he had a bunch of guys score about eight. Some of them were on his field, some were on his bench, but there wasn't really any roster decisions. If you reversed, he'd be better off. So, yeah, look, it's unfortunate for Havers. Just, 
you know, but I, I, we've said this a few times. If you put up 102 and you have to win, you can't be too upset. It, you know, you can feel unlucky if you lose with 140, but when you're sort of around that 100 mark, yeah. it's probably not going to I think Haver's like the last two or three weeks, he's put up like 102 to 106 and got the win. And so then, you know, it comes around eventually. You, you put up the, the average score and you don't get the win. Just, just yeah. sinking the boots in, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's good at teeing off against people who are out of the playoff race, isn't he? Just doesn't yeah. like to jinx himself, but the second you're yeah. gone, he just yeah. outcome the knives. Yeah. Have we have we seen a more formidable kicker lineup than having Butker and then just Justin Tucker on the bench for Dale? That should just wow. I know he's like, out he of likes playoffs, to, um, wow. Yeah, he he really likes to sort of corner the position, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a handcuff sort of. Of the talent, <laughs> just about. It's um, if if he could, I reckon he, if he could sneak Young Way Koo in and bench him, he would. Like if Koo got if Koo got ruled out for the season, I reckon he'd take him, <laughs> put him on his IR. Just, just in case. A bit of an insurance policy. He just loves a kicker. He always has. <laughs> uh, shall we move on? Let's move on. Uh, the waiver wire this week. I don't know. If there was a whole heap going on, was there anything of interest on there, Kamish? Before we get into the the the, the quick recaps in this, uh, not really. Like, nah. Um, I picked up AP um, and Logan Thomas. Um, Reese picked up Ty Hilton, and Jared picked up uh, Roethlisberger for his quarterback position. But I don't think anyone spent any money. I think because I was Reese got Ty for five. Oh, there we go. Not, not a lot. At this point, you know, there's only a couple of people with money left anyway. So, yeah. Reese still has the, I think Reese has the most left of anyone. So, 35, yeah. Yeah. If Reese, if the, you know, he stays, if he beats me this week, then I mean, he's going to get his pick of players for the rest of the playoffs if there's a surprise breakout. Well, it's, you know, it's usually this early in the season that you get these big breakouts. But uh, funnily enough, it actually does seem to happen late, doesn't it? Because you'll get like a, you know, they'll give the rookie a full go at it or something. If someone gets injured, there's always, there is a bit of value to be found late. The only breakout at the minute is COVID. So I don't know how that's uh, <laughs> no, cool. All right. So what we'll do to, uh, we've obviously got only two playoff games. We're not going to bother talking about the consolation bracket because no one cares, let's be honest. So what we might do is we're going to do a quick rundown of the six teams that didn't make the playoffs. We're obviously going to come back in a couple of weeks' time with our full season reviews and talk in a bit more depth. But we might just do a quick two minutes on each of those six teams. Um, We'll spend a couple of minutes talking about each of the top two teams who have got the week off. And then we'll go into a little bit more of an in-depth preview of the two finals matches this week, Jared and Camo, and, of course, Reese and Andrew. So why don't we start from the bottom of the ladder? Um, we've obviously talked about this guy a lot through the year, but 12th position, our man Fitzy, Judge Judy, 3 and 10. What do we reckon? Well, consistent with his <laughs> year in, year out stats. Well, that what, what will his average wins go to, Steve? Just off the top of your head, about 4.2 now. Yeah, so he'd be if if we played maybe ten seasons and he was at four point four, then he's probably going to drop to yeah four point two. Yeah, in that four point three. Uh, yeah. Look, I touched on it earlier. I think he's been unlucky Bring with up the out, but... unlucky with trades and and uh, and drafting. 
I mean, I don't think, as we've touched on a few times, I don't think anyone's ever had a draft quite like him, walked away three days later with half their squad leaving or on COVID or whatever. <laughs> um, but like on reflection, that trade with you, Steve, um, you know, I don't know who won out of it, but... Oh, um, he's won. He's won easily. That, yeah, that, like, that, that trade has... We're talking about the Michael Thomas, Adam yep. Thielen one, I assume. Yeah. Um, he's won that completely because not only did he get a much better player over the course of the season... Because uh, you got to remember, we made this trade after week one. So if I look at the rankings of these two within Thomas, season, Thomas, Thomas missed seven weeks. Yeah. So so if I go over the season, let's go to um, over the season. So Michael Thomas was ranked 88th for wide receivers over the season. And Adam Thielen was ranked number nine. So that's not even that's not even close. And then the other thing is when when, when Thomas has played like he's he's sucking in. He's, he's cost me a roster spot or a year. I've had to play him when he's not scoring points. It's an it's an absolute big win to to Fitzy there, and it's a it's a hard pill to swallow for me because I've traded my boy out, the only guy whose jersey I own, and it's also stuffed my fantasy team up. Big so thing. The the biggest move. Well, it was it was Henry for Eckler, wasn't it? That was the one that kind of flipped the script a little bit. Yeah, but fairness, he had to try. Yeah, he, yeah, but I think he he got Eckler and something else from memory, but he had to try something at that point. So I think the other thing with Fitzy is, I would say at no point this year has he gone, oh well, it's not working out for me. Like he's continually thrown things at the problem to try and fix it. Even yeah. going back to that pre-draft trade, which he said he'd never make again, but where he traded me, you know, a few of his picks for, so he had pick five and six. He said originally when we talked about it, he did it because he's like, well, you know, what I've been doing doesn't work. So I'm going to try something different. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like, at least he's yeah. in the crack. Good mindset. Kamish, anything on Fitzy to add? You, you look like you're typing away there very furiously. Yes. Yeah, so I've just been crunching the numbers. So, um, the 4.4 uh, was actually Fitzy's average over the last five years. Oh. Um, so his overall average prior to this season was 4.5. So, <laughs> yeah, it's still around the same. The era. Yep. Um, so then if we add the three wins from this season, his um, average now for all, all season since 2012, um, his average is now 4.3. Oh. And if we get his last five, so we drop off 2015, which he got seven wins. Uh, his average over the last five seasons is now 3.6. Ooh. We oh, we've dropped. We've dropped <laughs> under <big> four. Drop. <laughs> uh, oh. oh, well, there's always next year, Fitzy. All right, uh, that, was, that was a long two minutes. Let's try and be a little more efficient with our next team. So, Ben, we, we made a fair bit about his... Uh, his yeah. I think interesting trading, his interesting accumulation of mediocre wide receivers over the year. Um, he went after a few hit and miss type players. What do we reckon? Yeah, I think like with Ben, as you know, as you look at some managers, some are uh, you know a bit more active than others, and I would say Ben is on the least active side of the managers in the Ocho Bowl. So I think next year, look, or this year, he's, he's gone very 
hit or miss players. But I think that if you're going for those players, you then have to try and trade them out as soon as it looks like they're going to miss or they still have value, which Ben doesn't really do. So, um, you know, I think maybe he's got to start looking at taking some more reliable players and trying to take high upside, low floor guys because it, you know, he could have an amazing team, but he also doesn't sort of put in the effort to come back if he if he doesn't hit on those players. So that's what he should do. Do you think he will do it? Yeah, I think I think he should be taking higher floor players. But yeah, um, yeah. But I'm saying, do you think he'll follow your year? advice? Because if you're not going, oh no, hundred <laughs> percent. Look, look forward to having the same conversation a year from now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lamar Jackson at 16 is the other big yeah. talking point for Ben. Is it a win or a loss? Uh, you'd have to What's probably a loss? say a loss like... at the moment. Yeah. Um, if you take in Mahomes at 16, I think everyone would be like, oh, yeah, he did pre- like, he'd reach for a quarterback, but it paid off. So, I mean, and those two were pretty much neck and neck in ranking. So, um, while the actual pick was ended up being bad, I don't think the logic in the end, you know, you can at least understand the logic behind it there. Well, you could have taken Travis Kelsey. I know it's easy to say in hindsight, and that might change everything. Um, But, yeah. Should, if you're drafting again today, should Travis Kelsey go pick one? I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, I, I, I was listening to something. They were talking about him. Um, it was a similar question, and they were saying he's definitely a first-rounder. Like, yeah. no questions asked. He goes in the top 10. Um, pick one might be a little extreme, but he might be the fair. He might come off before any wide receiver. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. maybe Adams well, you take just because Adams always like Adams gets you twenty every week, whereas like Kelsey does not every week, but like he does have the occasional week where he puts up like a you know fourteen yeah. or something. Just the margin but, between him and the next tight end. Is yeah, that's the thing. Games. Yeah, like behind Adams, there's a lot of good players. You could have Tyree Kill who can put up a fifty-seven, whereas there's yeah, there's no uh, there's no other tight end that gets close to him. Even on like a his bad weeks and other people's good weeks, he's still ranked number one just about. There, there's one other he's just sitting on my uh, IR. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's that's that just goes to show though it's all about injuries, right? And it's easy like if uh, one thing I was thinking about um would be an interesting exercise, but in the end I thought it was probably too hard, was if we went back now knowing so if you basically Look, maybe we could do this, actually. This could be something, a bit of an off-season thing. But we go back and we do a draft, but we draft from this season that's already been played. So you get the league. Everyone puts in some money or something. You draft a team, and then you simulate the season based on the actual weeks that got played. And you see who would have won it. Based off our draft this year. No, no, no. So, yeah, you just do a redo a draft order. And yeah. everyone gets to pick, but the difference is you're picking a season that's already happened. So you know who what the players scored, but it's still a draft. Like you still, you can't all take the same guy, obviously. So you're still going to. Wouldn't everyone just have the ranking sheets in front of them? Like yeah. fantasy pro is yeah. big advantage. Of course. Yeah, it is. But the difference <laughs> is like you might know who number one was for the season, but you don't know. Like you've got to win each week to get yeah. to the playoffs. You've got to, 
because like obviously um because i was thinking like at its essence like fantasy football is literally just a big it it doesn't need to have the actual games attached to it it's just a simulate like it's a numbers (laughs) game of how where the numbers fall kind of thing so it obviously it's the thing that makes it interesting as you watch the games but you could theoretically get if you just took the watching the games out you could do the whole thing just the same and that's what some players do like there's people probably not so many in our league but a lot of people play fantasy and don't even watch the games they just check the scores so you could yeah. actually do that retrospectively and go, right, we're drafting. So pick one. People go, oh, all right, I'm going to take Adams. Number two, I'm going to take, you know, Kelsey. Kittle's probably going at 80, but someone's like, I'm going to take him because I can you start him. me a week. Yeah, yeah, three weeks where he's going to score me good points or whatever. I don't know. Just thought, where, would, it, just... where would goggles go? Well, see, he'd probably go high, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm going to get solid score most weeks. I'm going to get like a couple of 20s out of him. Like it, it changes the whole... In like, like the 80s? Yeah, like the ninth round? I, I think it depends on how you do it. I think like if I was doing that draft, I would try... Because you've only got to win eight games to make the playoffs. So you just target players who had good scores in eight weeks. i target players yeah, who yeah. play well in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, you could, you could, but you've got to get... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, everyone's going to have that. That's what, this is what I'm saying. Like, it'd just be interesting because... How's, how's the tangent we've gone on? <laughs> quietly... We, if, if, any, if, if, if enough people are up for it, um, I'm sure we can facilitate running a season like this. So, with a little bit of money attached to it. This has all come about because we're talking about how Ben just drafts and doesn't do anything else. So, <laughs> thanks, yeah, Ben, yeah. for the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it, Ben. Um, all right, so... Let's move on. Um, the next one was yourself, Keeney. So five and eight record, which is there's a few teams at that five and eight level. And, um, you know, like I think for all those teams, a couple of late games went the wrong way and that's why they're five and eight and not, you know, seven and six. But at the end of the day, still not your best year. We talked about your rookie running backs. I don't know, Andrew, what was your take on Keeney's season? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... I mean, the rookie running backs, I think, are the story in that it just sort of put you in a hole at the start where they didn't come on quick enough. And then you made the trade with me, with Tyreek, and then they all sort of came on the next week where if you... I think I mentioned it last week, that if you'd waited a week, you kept Tyreek, you're probably in the playoffs because then you've got Swift and Do- like Dobbins started putting up decent numbers that you can start them, and then you don't need Gurley. Um, like, Brown put up some good scores for you, but... I mean, he's just not in the same class as Tyreek. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if you do this, if you do the season over again, I, I'm not unhappy taking Hill at 11 and Kittle at 15. Um, you know, that's from my point of view a little bit unlucky. But um, with with Tyreek, I, I felt like I kind of at that point of the season, I think I was three and five, and just felt like I needed to to make a move. I, I rated AJ Brown pretty highly. Um, and I thought Gurley would be probably outperformed my expectations early on in the year. So um, he'd be a solid kind of running back I could semi-rely on. Um, but then I forgot that his knees are cooked and now his body's stuffed um, and he's doing nothing now. So good trade for you in the end. Like, And that, they're the type of trades you can make when you're confident you're going to make playoffs. You can kind of take that risk and shoot for upside with, with guys like Tyreek Hill. Um, so yeah, I, in isolation, not a great trade, but, um, I felt like I'm kind of in that boat where you got to try and make something happen. Otherwise you'll just finish, um, five and seven anyway, sometimes. 
It just shows you what early wins does because if you're yeah. chasing, you you just got to make moves. Like Cam is a perfect example where he could just sit back and make very you know roster building trades. Um, whereas someone like Jared, we talked about how a few of the trades have worked out, but he's had to make a bunch of trades that were more about oh, I need wins now. I've got to try something. And look, if he ultimately falls short, um, despite his roster, it's you know potentially going to be partially on the back of that. Your team yeah, looks like season, a. I'm just a, yeah, it's really showing that. I think this year probably more than others is because of like how unstable it's been. Once you get those wins, then you know it has it's opened up a lot more this year. Yeah, I think so. And also, we probably had like we had a few teams early going really well, and a few teams going really bad, which all of course yeah. starts to separate the pack. Um, yeah, Kittle. Kittles here didn't help you either, Keeney. Um, the next team on our on our little list was uh, myself, the old Johnny United sensible haircuts. Uh, also five and eight, um, as we talked about before, six highest to- total scoring, but really tailed off quite badly back end of the year. So I did lose a lot of those late games, but they were you know sub one twenty scores uh, for for most of those. So you know can't really. Uh, can't really be too unhappy with how things finished out. Any thoughts yeah. on on my year? Did I just well? I, did I draft I think, badly, as Woodsy said? Well, I was, I was actually going to um, I was going to bring your draft up because um, first thing is Julio kind of fell in your lap a little bit at nineteen, but um, it's been a frustrating year. I can only imagine owning him, um, but that doesn't shy away from the fact that it was a bad decision. Like I think it was still the right thing to to pick him at nineteen. Um, probably my question to you, Steve, is would you go down that road of, you know, splitting out uh, what do you have, pick six, to to move back and get fur, um, get kind of more assets in the second, third round? Or was that just purely because of COVID? Um, or is it something you look to do again, knowing that you can probably get them a homes? And I know you wanted to get a tight end as well, um, but you can kind of build that top end of your roster in the middle ends of the round by forfeiting the top end talent. Yeah, I probably would do it again, to be honest. Um, especially given this year was a year where a lot of lot of top end guys got injured. It was just it yeah. so happened that um, you know if if you were lucky and your guys didn't, you sort of stood up. And if you're unlucky and your guys did, you you kind of struggled a bit. Um, I think, funnily enough, the Michael Thomas trade we should talked about killed me because it, it stung my roster for most of the season, and I had to play him when he was scoring poorly as well. And Julio was the other one, which, like we said, like you. Don't pass on him there, but it stopped me from getting Kelsey, who I was about to, t- who would have taken at that pick. Um, then it also cost me kind of, it, it backed me into the Falcon stack, which I didn't really want to have. Um, not that I have a problem with it, which is why I ended up with it, but it's just sort of, it just kind of, I went in with a pretty clear plan and it was the one thing that kind of took me off the rails. And a lot of the problems I ended up having over the season, you know, short bench where I couldn't make many moves because I was holding injured guys massive reliance on the Falcons who, you know, had a shocking start and sacked their coach. Um, yeah. All those things kind of were a result of the Julio pick, unfortunately. So probably was one of the, the things I look back on and, you know, I got wrong. But the other thing was obviously you could, you can easily say my homes worked out because I went and got him, but he was the number one quarterback. But I think that stat that was shared on the WhatsApp group is quite an interesting one that the guys with the top few quarterbacks are actually bottom half for the ladder. So, you know, if you think of the opportunity cost of getting that higher quarterback, maybe 
the running back or the wide receiver that I miss out on and don't have that top end talent is more of an impact to my team. So that's mm. probably one I'll take into next year as well. Mm. I was going to ask you about Mahomes. Where do you think he goes next year? Went 27 this year. I think about the same. Do you? I think, yeah. Cause I, Someone's I think got to put their hand up. He's just so good. Like, but I think with like, as opposed to Kelsey where, you know, him and kill are, and then are probably just another tier above everyone else. Whereas like Mahomes, while he's amazing in real life, like Murray and a couple of others are close enough to him that, um, you know, you're not, if you wait to like the fourth or fifth and you pick mm-hmm. up Murray or even Herbert or Wilson or Allen next year, you're getting 90% of him. So it's not, you're not getting that positional advantage like you get with one of the elite tight ends. Yeah. I think I think I think you'll go similar, and I think that it probably won't be me taking him. Probably the, the double answer to that question. Um, the next one in eighth position, this was the other one, Dale, who would have finished top four if we just went on points four, um, but also five and eight, uh, scored 16-33 for the year. Um, self-professed the unluckiest guy in the world. Um, what did you guys think of his season? He, he was, I will say, just as from the outset, so about unluckiness in terms of who he played. Um, he obviously had a, a, an extremely high points against, 16-25 points against. Um, I mean, 16-49 was scored against Ben, so Ben's actually had more points against than he had. But um, otherwise... You know, when you look at against the finals teams, it was some pretty high points against. But, uh, oh, sorry, that's me. Sorry, 1788 points against. So, yeah, it was miles ahead of everybody else. Um, actually, yeah, so looking at that, 1788, and then you got Ben at 1649 and me at 1625, and then Daylight. So there really was, like, it puts Dale's 1788 in perspective. It was a lot more than everybody else. Um, yeah, what did you guys make of his year? He, I'm sorry, what I was going to say was he obviously had a couple of injuries. Saquon. Pick two going down never helps. Um, and Cortland Sutton was the other big one that he lost basically from the start of the year, who was, I think, probably a top four pick, if I remember correctly, for him. Yeah, I think he was end of the fourth or start of the fifth round. Yeah, he went he went pick 54. Um, I think we touched on this um, in a few podcasts ago, but just that <clears throat> the first five of Barkley, Cook, Taylor, even the first three, Barkley, Cook, Taylor, Right now, that would be a, a winning formula and um, and certainly a playoff team. Then you add Metcalf as his first receiver, Sutton, who I rate pretty highly, goes down and he had obviously drafted Wilson as well. So the, the you could argue his first six picks were better than anyone's um, and just got a little bit unlucky, A, with injuries and B, with, with the points against, as you've touched on. Um, so, yeah, look, I think it's it just also highlights how frustrating – fantasy is um and it's going to take dale i think a full two months three months to get over this and right now he probably won't want to play fantasy next year but um once it rolls around again he'll be back in i reckon well speaking of getting over it, it's funny you should mention that because i had a a uh another little package dropped under the door during the week and um like not that i would ever you know accuse anyone of being the responsible person, but again, written on the back of an electricity bill this time. So it's pretty, pretty clear it was Dale's had his address on the name address on the front. Um, what Dale's gone and done is he's put together a spreadsheet, which is quite a good one, actually, 
Um, basically, so we obviously, we have our, our ranking system that we use where if everybody played everybody every week, you do total records, which is obviously a pretty good indicator of overall balance. What Dale's done is all he's basically done is taken his schedule this year, because we've talked a lot about how he had so many more points against, and he's put every other team into that schedule to see how they would have gone. And it is quite interesting. So I will go through every team and how they would have done if they'd had Dale's schedule. Let's remember Dale, this was going into the last week. So I think he's done it. Oh, sorry. Well, because you can't play yourself. He's got to take a game out for everybody where they played themselves. Let's also remember how much time Dale's got on his hands. My goodness. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. He does. (laughs) So... (laughs) So this is, uh, this, this is how each of the teams would have gone. I might start with the worst team. So Fitzy had Dale's schedule. He goes 0-11. Oh. <laughs> wow. The Jets. If, if Keeney had Dale's schedule. Yeah, this might be good. 1-10. and 10. Yeah. If Ben and Havers both the same, if they had his schedule, they both go 2-9. and nine. If Reese and my... Oh, so if Reese had... Dale schedule, he goes two and nine also. If Andrew had Dale schedule, he goes two and eight, and he must have played Dale twice, so he gets yeah, one this game. Um, if I had Dale schedule, I go three and eight. If Camo had Dale schedule, he goes three and eight. If Jared had Dale schedule, he goes three and eight. And if Cam had Dale schedule, he goes three and eight. So given Dale went four and eight out of this group of games, the only other person was Woodsy. If Woodsy had Dale's schedule, he goes four and eight as well. So basically no team, according to the spreadsheet prepared by Dale and hasn't been validated by anyone, but I assume it's true. No other team, no team would have done better than him. So basically the upshot of all this, no single team would have made the playoffs if they'd had Dale's Dale's draw this year. I know, and I know you said that um, that I was just writing it down. If if Camo had Dale's draw, he would have gone three and eight. I did some quick numbers before. If Camo had anyone else's schedule except for his own, he would have gone three and eight. Um, <laughs> so he's done well there, Slayer. He, and yeah, player. he's uh, he's he has done pretty well. I reckon he might have just had a word to the commission back at the old Marble League times and said, "Just look up <laughs> with the draw here, if you don't mind." The Marble League. Um, but I think as the league, we should all just give Dale a round of applause. Thanks for taking one for the team. Thanks, well, Dale. Get the small probably the hardest draw we've ever had. We'll ever have again. Well done. And thank you for, for for getting a ruler out and drawing up these spreadsheets on the back of your gas bills. Yeah, the Ocho Bowl Marta. He's taken it well, though, hasn't he? <laughs> taken it really well. Yeah, it's funny. it's funny. You'd think some people might be bitter if something like this happened to them, but he just... Absolutely takes it in his stride. He's just the cheeriest, happiest. They're not mentioned at once. Yeah, rarely mentioned. Never brought it. it up. Yeah, just I don't know. It's, it's it's amazing. He must have a lot of really other positive things happening in his life at the in, moment because there's nothing this is a, to cause him to think about this. This is a serious question. How often do you think, like per day, set an over under for me per day? How often do you think Dale thinks about how unlucky he's been in the Ocho Bowl this year? Like per day. Oh. Uh, now is it like five and a half? Over, oh, look, now, now, now that the season's over and he, like it's not on his radar at all, he'd probably only think about it 10 times a day. <laughs> I reckon, I, seriously, I reckon, I reckon a month ago, 
It was like he was probably genuinely waking up in the night yelling out, you know, Drew Brees. And his wife's like, oh, what is it? He's just, I reckon. He's got, he's got a broken rib and he's still scoring touchdowns against me. <laughs> yeah, in his dream, Brees has a collapsed lung and he comes back on the field and throws three touchdowns. Yeah, that's it. He's having his night terrors of, uh, of, of fantasy scores. You know, it's like the game's over and like then everyone's in the locker room and they bring them back on the field for one last play and the opposition I'll scores a touchdown or something. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be a nightmare. Um, but yeah, anyway, no, as you said, it's good he's not bitter. Um, th- then the final <laughs> team that didn't make the playoffs uh, was, of course, Havers. We touched a bit on him. He had a record of seven and five, um, only scored 14.62 for the year, which which uh, well, a bit behind Dale and myself, but it's well ahead of the bottom three. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what do we think of Havers? Is he is he ruining not having a quarterback again? Does he change anything up for next year? He's pretty consistent drafting strategy, as we discussed earlier in the year. Does, is this the year to change it up? Um, I think looking at his team this year, it was a surprising lack of trades from Havers. Like, I'm sure he made one or two, but I can't really think of many Haver trades that he made this year. Isn't like, he? He's, we said at the start of the year that isn't he kind of known as the stingiest trader where you just don't get any value out of it? You so. can normally get a trade with him, but you've got to work for it. Like he's going to send you a couple of dud offers first before you get to the real like juiciness of the trade. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a few players in the league who aren't persistent enough. Or there's Fitzy who doesn't put out any trade offers and just clicks accept and any that come to him. So uh, everyone's got their own style. Fitzy an offer and he talked to you about it. And then if you don't keep reminding him, he just sort of forgets about it. And like, <laughs> I'm assuming he just puts his phone down and walks away. And unless he hears the buzz again, he just never picks it up again. Yeah, that mm. sounds right. Just looking at Havers as well, just going through kind of his draft and just looking at the wide receivers that he, that he drafted, it's been a, Hasn't been a great year uh, for that position for him. Kenny Golladay has barely played. He's been injured. Um, some sort of contract issue there as well. Mari Cooper's copped Dak Prescott's injury. T.Y. Hilton's um, been hit by far the time. AJ Green, likewise, and Anthony Miller is in a shocking offense. So they were kind of his first five receivers, which puts you in a bit of a hole straight away, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. He, he lucked out with Claypool, I think. Um, and yep. obviously, he did, he did really well with his running backs, Kamara and Jones. Both of them held up body wise, as well as just being really solid options. That's probably yeah. probably why he got to seven and six in the end. That's where he got to, yeah, yeah. I think just there's still there the gap with no quarterback um, and no tight end. The two positions that he doesn't go early on, and this year was a year that it look you could get. There were a couple of guys who didn't go quarterbacks and kind of got lucky, managed to get around it, but. Yeah, Havers probably wasn't one of them. Brady, I know he had Brady for a bit of the year after he got him off the Dale McHale scrap heap, but he had a few good weeks, but he's also a guy that still can put up some low numbers. Um, Improved performance, though. Yeah, I think with Havers, the one thing that, like, went on his wide receivers, like, he had Cooper as when he was playing well, but Cooper was also one of those players that no one wanted, and there was a reason. So I think... Like, it's easy to say now because Dak got injured, but when you sort of have that player that you're kind of like, cool, I've just got to take him because even though I don't really want him, 
and then he plays well, you should just try and move him out, I think. Like, because then they something happens and they start playing bad, and you're like, I never won them anyway. So if you get rid of them, even if they keep playing well, then you're like, well, I didn't want them anyway. And I've managed to get, you know, a player that was, I had rated higher. So, yeah, again, yeah it's fair. easy to say in hindsight, but I think that if that happens to me next year, I think that's, you'll be able to get a player like that from me if I take a player I don't want. I think some some people, most of us probably, we struggle to trade people out when they're flying. Yeah. Because you look at your roster from last week and go, geez, he put up like a third of my score. I can't I can't trade him out for anything. You know, and then two weeks later, he's back down scoring fives again. And you're like, well, his value's gone. Missed my chance. Um, all right. Let's, let's, there's two more teams that aren't going to play this week in any meaningful way. So let's have a quick discussion on them. Uh, the first of which, who finished second overall, Cam Larry's dump truck, 1,700 points, points for for the year. 15.06 against, finished 9-4. Um, four points behind Woodsy, funnily enough, which obviously was irrelevant because Woodsy had the extra win in the end. What do we make of Cam's season? Today. Season. Um, pickup of Mike Davis was just probably what got him into the bye week, just gave him a solid running back for half the season. It was um, huge, wasn't it? Because he didn't. we said at the time he didn't really need him. And he was obviously only a short-term play, but he kind of McCaffrey just stayed out and out and out, and then got injured again, and yeah. ended up being brilliant. Yeah, and then I think Cam's other running backs dropped off a bit as well, so then he sort of filled that hole um, for him. But then just the McLaurin for Boy trade just is looming large as the playoffs. He's given like if you could take that back now, I think he hundred percent would. Yeah. Was it because it was a, basically it was a bye week's trade, right? Yeah, so Cam Helping had three wide receivers on bye, so he traded, and then he, uh, Woodsy had both of the his on bye the next week, so they traded yeah. so that they had one bye on each one. But um, and then Cam ended up losing the week that he traded in Boyd. So if he, I mean, obviously it's again it's hard to know in hindsight, but if he just kept both the bye weeks, he would have had the better wide receiver going forward. And you, uh, you talk about getting early wins and the importance of that. Um, I reckon uh, Cam's team shows that pretty clearly. Like he he was able to do that off the back of, um, you know, obviously Zeke was scoring a lot more than what he is now. Um, Hopkins at the start of the year was unbelievable, scoring ridiculous numbers. He took him at pick 10. Um, you talk about McCaffrey going out. He's got Mike Davis who did a really nice job filling in for him from the majority of the year. So to be able to bank those wins off the back of those kind of players um, allowed him to, as you said, explore other things um, and, and kind of lock himself into a playoff position really early. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see. I, like for mine, I've got probably two or three teams ahead of him in the playoff race. Um, but, you know, nine and four, pretty good year. So can't fault him. No, I agree. I'm kind of the same as you. He's sort of, even though he he beat me twice, so clearly he was a lot better than my team, but he was just the team I always thought was gettable. Didn't mind playing him. Thought, yeah, look, you know, there's high upside on a few guys, but if you can shut down kind of Eckler has a flat one and Hopkins has a flat one, Watson doesn't go berserk, then you sort of, he's very beatable because there's a few other guys that aren't that amazing. But, you know, as you said, early wins and, I mean, Late in the year, he's obviously dropped back a little bit. Woodsy's gone past him because it was him and Camo for a lot of the year, just head-to-head on those couple of spots. And uh, 
Jared's obviously caught him in points for, but look, highest score of the year as well in a week, you can add. So it's it's overall been a pretty good year for the uh, defending champion. Yeah. I mean, you've got to put yourself in a position to win and you've yep. got to buy. you only got to win two games in a row. Yep. No, spot on. That's it. And then the other person in that same position, of course, being old meat and potatoes, potato head, fantasy pros, Woodsy, who uh, look not a whole lot you can really put fault in his season. So he uh, rated himself number one in the draft. He's finished number one on the ladder. He's won a bunch of side bets. He's won a couple of grand on a, on a fantasy daily play. He gets the week off. He's gone 10 and three. He's uh, it's pretty up and about to be honest. And I questioned him preseason, whether he'd have the commitment to as a new father with a young child, put the time and effort in. And I think what he's quite clearly demonstrated to us is that, He's paid no attention to his child this year. Yeah. And that's what you got to do if you want to win the Ocho Bowl. Like, I've chosen not to have children to <laughs> pursue my Ocho Bowl career to its fullest potential. Yeah, that's good. It's, 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 you're right. And I think that's probably, I hate to say it, but that's probably where I've gone wrong. Because since <laughs> I've become a parent, I've had two shocking seasons. Yeah. Before that, I won the last two or the last three or something. Jeez, oh, man, there's only one solution here. I don't want to say it on air, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, if you go the other way, double down, have more kids, like come over, then maybe you get back up the ladder again. That's what's happened to him, so who knows? The the only thing I'll add is not much has gone wrong for Woodsy. He's had one of those really good years from an injury point of view, COVID point of view, Maybe besides Lev Bell, but I just think kind of regardless of where Lev Bell was playing this year, he wasn't going to do much. Um, like he, he drafts Eckler with his first pick, which fine, no problem. Trades him, gets injured straight away. Um, you know, brings in Derek Henry off the back of that, which is great. Kelsey's the number one tight end. Kittle goes down. He's clearly got an advantage every week over everyone. Um yeah, even the Alan Robinson, Nick Foles quarterback change helped Alan Robinson for mine. Um, just those little things that have gone his way this year. And, you know, you need that. You need a lot of luck to win fantasy, no doubt about that. So, um, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. So when, when yeah. luck's on your side, you got to take advantage of it and win the league. So this I would is his say time. If you look at, like, I would say Camo and Woodsy are both sort of, they've both had luck, but whereas Camo has just sat there and done nothing, Woodsy's pushed and taken the most advantage of his luck. And that's why yep. he's first and Camo's fourth. Yeah, I'd agree. And even the Josh Allen for Russell Wilson one and a few of those moves that he's made along along the way um, has got him to where he is now. So, yeah, credit to him. I mean, uh, he's. Um, it, I think in a year with COVID and, and a lot of injuries, he's been fortunate. But, yeah, you're right. You gotta, he's, he's looked to improve his team throughout the year. Um, and, and right now he sits number one. So... Good luck to him. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think that's what he's done really well. He's constantly looked to work and move and address the gaps in his roster. And, you know, like he wasn't happy with the Josh Allen pickup. And look, in hindsight, if he knew what Josh Allen was going to do for the year, he'd probably just take it. But he, um, at the time, was like, you know, thinking ways out of it and managed to trade it to Russell Wilson, which has obviously worked out really well for him. Um, and even little things like, you know, David Montgomery, he looked ahead, saw what his you know, late season playoff roster was going to look like. Obviously, um, uh, oh, I've gone blank on his name. The, the other running back at Chicago, the second guy, 
21 little guy. Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, yeah. Obviously, he was injured at that point. So he's just kind of, he's just gone and, you know, he's just been active. And I think if you look at the guys who I would say are most active in this league would be Woodsy, um, Andrew, Jared this season, who are just constantly like working on trades and, uh, you know, the three of them have finished in the top six. So just shows if you put the time in, um, good things can happen. Anything else on Woodsy? Uh, I mean, Kelsey was the other one, right? We talked about how big an advantage that is at tight end. And obviously it became an even bigger advantage when Kittle got injured and Kelsey was some of the only healthy tight end standing. But that's been huge for him this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also uh, part of the luck as well in the, you know, he said that he had Kelsey, uh, like he wanted Kittle. Yeah, but he would take Kittle above Kelsey and then you're taking what two picks before him. Whereas, you know, if you've gone on rankings and you the consensus rankings and you take Kelsey, he ends up with Kittle, and then he still has a good team, but he doesn't have, you know, the the biggest point of difference in the league. Yeah. Those things also, can change everything too, because yeah. if if he's got Kittle, he suddenly is like, oh right now I've got to trade away other assets to try and get in a you know a tight end to cover for the fact that my guy's now injured. Like it just you dismantle your whole team around one player at times. It's not. The rosters yeah. aren't that big that you can, you know, if all if all cylinders aren't firing, just go, oh, well, I'm just going to stick with what I've got. Mm. You end up having to trade a Tyreek Hill type. Um, <laughs> yeah. but and, and ironically, he, the whole preseason and the first, through the first week, he was saying, Kelsey for Kittle, Kelsey for Kittle, Kelsey for Kittle. <laughs> um, Should I say, all you had to say was yes was once. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All I had to say was yes and it was, um, it was on. But, um, you know, like... End of the day, though, Kelsey at pick 20 has ended up being a really good pick. So regardless of the Kittle injury, um, and, yeah, it might have been fortunate because if Kittle was there, he probably takes him. But still, you got you got to give credit that he took the tight end early, saw that as something you wanted to do. I know you wanted to do something similar, Manny. Um, but he's pulled the trigger at pick 20, and it's paid off big time for him. I, I look back. I think it was – was it you, Kenny, that said if you'd realised uh, – Yeah, mate. Yeah. Julio was, was there, too, you would have taken him? I had four too many drinks at that point, yeah. Uh, you see that, that so that moment that whenever yeah, you open that sorry. fourth drink that's the moment that's defined everyone's <laughs> seasons because i 100 percent like I, I don't think there's barely anyone i would have taken i would have taken kelsey over hopkins i would have taken kelsey over definitely over lamar i would have taken him over eckler i would have taken him over anyone in uh, that over kittle know. over kittle for sure yeah yeah i think he's really good kittle but i just like kelsey because he's just got my home strong to me so like he just down the middle, down the middle, 20 yards, 20 yards down the middle. Anyway, um, so it was, a, it was a fateful beer for Sorry. a lot of us, that one. Nah, it's all right. Well, it's <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was a bourbon, actually, at that point. Of the, the <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway, um, we'll obviously come back and talk about the teams a little bit more, but let's, let's just quickly get into the, the, the main event. So there's obviously two quarterfinals this week. The, the first one, yourself... Andrew uh, finished up being ranked three. The Curse Breakers coming up against Reese, who got the sixth ranking in the end. You were eight and five. He was seven and six. It was obviously pretty tight, a logjam in those non-week off places. Um, I think the big question here clearly is whether or not McCaffrey plays. Uh, haven't looked too closely. He but will. I'm well, he, he must be so he, he was in training uh, to the, uh, Wednesday uh, in America. And he trained, but then he also 
hurt his quad and now he's questionable. He hurt his shoulder again. Oh no, he hurt his no, he was fine from his shoulder and then he uh he's now being bothered by a thigh injury. So he's now uh, probably gonna play but questionable. So then it could also be, you know, do they just give it 50-50 split because he's not hundred percent? Hopefully. Um I, I've I never think... seen them not give him all the work when he plays. Nah. But I think I think more the, I think the more relevant point is do they at four and eight shut up shop and say don't worry about it Christian see you next year mate yeah. gee that that would be huge I thought he was a certainty to play I didn't actually hear that news but um, yeah I think if he hadn't got hurt today I think he was going to play but now yeah, that he's sure. hurt like I think it could be just one of those things where you know they're like this is our cash cow let's keep him under cotton wool. Mm. So can you can you reveal if that lineup you've got currently is is the lineup you're going to? I noticed you haven't done the the Seacane special of just benching everyone and just really putting <laughs> putting your opponent no, on edge. It didn't work for me. In fairness, uh, no. Nah, uh, so just before I go on my lineup, I do also have so. When I was, I was pretty confident that I'd make playoffs, like I needed a lot to go wrong to not make playoffs. This is last week, so I offered, I messaged Reese. I'm like, "Would you trade McCaffrey for some players?" Like I was probably going to offer him Jefferson and Sanders, um, since they both played last week. And he's just like, "No, nah, I'm either going to make the playoffs and have CMC, or I'm just not going to make the playoffs." So he's stuck by CMC. Um, uh, that would have been a big. Yeah, it would have been an interesting one because, like, CMC's, you know, one minor, you know, re-aggravation away from being shut up shop for the season. So yeah. you could have given away two of your starters. But, yeah, yeah are you, I mean, uh, you, you're going to – is Jefferson locked in for the year now for you? I think so. He doesn't have that – like, this week, Tampa Bay gives up passing uh, points to wide receivers. But then Chicago and New Orleans, if I make it to those games, is – Bit of a worry, but I think at this point he's just he's too good not to play. Like hmm. sometimes, like I think I do this a bit as well. Like you get caught up in who they're playing when he's just so much more talented than like Michael Pitt. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, like the only thing that really uh, an issue for him, I think, is if like Cook just runs for three hundred yards and they never throw it. But I think if they're throwing it, he's too good. Like. Even as good as um, Dylan is, like I think Jefferson is just another tier above in like skill than Thielen. Thielen's just good at getting into sort of those gaps in the zone and doing like yeah. the things that Thielen's good at. But yeah, Jefferson, he's he's amazing. Yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he's got the home run potential. He can. Yeah. How Thielen doesn't do that. He I know can. you can't control this, Andrew, but how how are you feeling? Knowing that it's quite likely that Reese is going to have his roster and his score locked in, and you will have three players on a Tuesday game that who knows with the state of play over there in America Ooh, at the moment. Yes. What happens if that gets, dare I say it, cancelled or postponed or anything like that? Are you better off getting runs on the board? Is my point. Just no, no. I'll Daryl Henderson in now. Just take the Friday points. <laughs> um, nah, like if it was a borderline pick, like, but 
the way like my roster is pretty much like I've got to start those guys. Like I'm not Lamar, Chubb, Andrews. Like they're they're locked into my lineup. If they miss, you could double down on it and put the Browns defense yeah. in as well. Love that. And just go. You know what? I'm going to be a Tuesday special. It's going to live or die by the Tuesday. Well, in, on that Reese's that ticket, Cap Lamar. Reece, yeah, Reese had Hunt in his lineup, and he's taken him out for Ty yeah. Hilton. So maybe worried about it. I I don't know what Reese is doing with so Kareem Hunt, but he's also got the the Ocho's man Cole Beasley, fresh off at twenty eight, and he's benched him. Yeah, he's put Ty on instead. Ty. No respect. <laughs> Um, well, last time they played Baltimore, um, both the running backs didn't have, like, I think Hunt got like 12 points and I think Chubb had a, his worst game for the season. Yeah. He got five points. So, I mean, hopefully it's a bit different this week, but, um, you know, that Baltimore defense is pretty nasty. So what, what do you think about playing the Browns defense because of the fact that if Lamar has a shocker, then at least you've got coverage that your defense is going to go well, or do you see it as, well, if Lamar lights it up, then my defense is no good. Like, how do you yeah. play that? Do you, do you like that or not? Not really, really. Like, I think if uh, if I had, if I was more confident in my team, but I think Reese's team's too good that you've just got to go your highest chance of points. So if you're playing sort of, you play as against each other, you're putting a limit on your point score. So, um, you know, I've just got to try and put up a 140 or 150, I think this week and, that's my best chance of winning rather than sort of trying to get a consistent 130. So I think Reese will, he's put up 130 most weeks sort of, and with CMC back, if he plays like, you know, I just want as many points as possible. Will you be getting the black trench coat out and summoning, summoning the evil spirits? No, I don't don't do it for personal gain. Um, Unless someone pays me to, uh, vanquish an evil spirit. So, Dale, maybe slipping me some fibers in the off season. But um, well, what about what about to put an evil spirit on someone else? Oh uh, no, I'll, I'll save that if I make the final. I think, but I mean, you can't be you can't be putting on curses every week. Like it, it puts too much demand on your physical and mental well being. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I'll tell you what. It's I, I just really hope that he starts Kareem Hunt because the, the story of Reese's team for this season is the running backs. And it, it just will feel, it would just feel incomplete if his season ends and he didn't even start one of them. Like the whole point is he's got this big stack of running backs. Just let him cook. Yeah. Let Kareem cook. And it, I mean, I think that just that Tuesday our time game is going to be, I mean, it could be a, all-time Ocho event if it's a final that comes down to this big chase down uh, with like three star players and then a star player on his team. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, Robert Woods plays the Friday game mm-hmm. tomorrow, which the podcast will be today by the time everyone listens to this, hopefully. Um, what score will you feel happy if he stays beneath? I think under, like if he's in the team, happy. Yeah, so 15, he's 15. 19, you're okay? Yeah, I, I can do with 19. Like, I'd prefer a bit lower, but I think anything under 20 I'll take. Like, if you how offer happy, me 19. How happy are you if he puts up a two? Oh, ecstatic. Red I'm ecstatic five. if anyone puts up a two on the other team. But, like, 
bit bit of um sort of Justin Jefferson type dancing in the end zone going on at your place if that that scenario uh, plays out. Yeah, look if he if he puts up under five, I'll post a video to the WhatsApp group of me doing the gritty. Yes. <laughs> Love, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Love it. All right. Last thing on this, Keeney, what's your tip? Uh I'm I'm gonna tip the curse breakers in this one. Uh-oh. Yep, I'm gonna tip Andrew. Um I yeah, look, I actually think it's gonna be very, very close. Um you know, like I look at a guy like Tyler Lockett who's been down for a few weeks and um, plays the Jets this week. He does have quite a few Seahawks actually in his lineup. Um, does race. So um, as I said, I think it'd be close, tough one to split. I but I will go with you. I think you've got some uh, a higher ceiling for mine on a given week. So good luck. I think it'd be close. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with Reese. I think all year we've been saying he's the one you just don't want to sneak in because he's ominous come playoffs. And I reckon, although the Jets of recent times haven't been a great opponent in terms of scoring big for fantasy, I just reckon they might try and play themselves back into a bit of form. Seattle, I think they've uh, they've wobbled a bit in recent weeks. He could they could go absolutely berserk. And uh, CMC, if he gets them on, he's you know you know what he's like. He just he'll just carry him through to the next week. Is my tip. Um, you're welcome to tip on your own game if you'd like, uh, Andrew, although I think we probably know what you, which way you're going to go. Yeah, look, it's a close one, but uh, I'm going to go with myself. I was going <laughs> to say, our, our tips are pretty meaningful con- considering we have no idea how well we go each week on them. <laughs> <laughs> we, we say every week, oh, yeah, we'll go back and track them. Yeah. Um, maybe one day we will. Uh, the next and final game, the big – this is kind of good versus evil – this is luck versus hard work. This is, you know, private school blazer wearing, you know, silver spoon supporters. supporters <laughs> versus the, you know, has had to fight for every win he's had this year, had to pull himself up by his bootstraps many times, had to, uh, you know, you know, go through years of, as an Essendon supporter of drug cheating and, <laughs> one win seasons in, in Jared. So look, they're four and five. Uh, Jared, the highest scoring team, Camo, the the luckiest man alive. Um, only one win separated them, but their seasons were just a completely different story of one of them was just five and oh and absolutely flying and the world was at his feet, but he, he you know, didn't bother paying any attention to us or, you know, giving us the courtesy of even acknowledging and listening to the podcast. On the other hand, Jared, just basically anything that could go wrong did go wrong. Podcast number one listener. It's just the, the polar opposites of this matchup are just so exciting. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited for it. And um, I mean, you know, I, I know what I think, but I don't know. What, what are you guys? What's your take on it? Yeah, it's, I mean, for Jared, you look at it, like it, it's all based on who San Diego play or LA play. Um, and they got Atlanta this week who, yeah, their defense is a bit better, but they're still out of the playoffs, like nothing really to play for. You know, you know I guess the Chargers don't either, but I mean, they could put, it could be a 40 to 35 game. So um, yeah, if they get into a massive shootout, that's where I think Jared's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um, I don't think this will be close at all. I think Jared will absolutely annihilate Kyle Shanahan in this one. 
um, old 49. I, he's starting Devin Singletary against Pittsburgh in a playoff game. Come on. I know you're not listening, but switch on, mate. Um, but then I look at the rest of his roster and um, there's not much else there. Brandon Cooks is probably going to be concussed. I just... I think I think my personal view is Jarrett's the favourite to take out the Ocho Bowl, Ocho Bowl this year, um, and these two teams are heading in different directions for mine. Yeah, I, I, uh, uh, amazingly, I I look at Tamo's roster, and I know we're absolutely jinxing Jared here, but. <laughs> We, we make a lot about the, the charges and, you know, oh, what's he doing? Too many charges, blah, blah, blah. There is only good players. He's got Brandon Cooks playing. Yeah. He's got, Cooks has been it, good. I'd like, as much as, like, I like to make fun of Brandon Cooks, like, he's been, like, he's 39 yards and then after that, like, 85, 85, 65. Like, he's not a superstar, but he'll get you points in the teens every week. Wide, wide receiver 29, Andrew's easily pleased. Gee whiz. <laughs> he's, 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 he's questionable with an injured foot and neck. Yeah, Both he's, extreme he's, ends of his body. The, the, <laughs> the guy's been concussed 18 times. He's near, He's on life support. He's nearly His career's nearly <laughs> over. And, he's, and Andrew's raving about how good a third wide receiver he is. Yeah, Gee, if, if you've got... You've got two injuries that far apart in your body. How do you reckon the bits ah. in between are doing? Ah. Look, as long as the hands work, that's all you need. Camo's only chance here is if his boy, the Lord and Saviour, Justin Herbert, goes absolutely bonkers against this Atlanta secondary, which is, I suppose, a chance. Um, but, yeah, I just I just can't. I can't have him beating Jared for mine. Sorry, I reckon, Jared. I, I yeah. reckon Manny might be onto something. I may have jinxed the absolute crap out of you, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, just to jinx him even further, but it's, I mean, for the general entertainment of the league, a Camo loss here would be great because then we get a Jared V. Woodsy round two super oh. freelance. Oh, it would be, just yeah. be... I might I might go maybe. double or nothing and try to recoup my losses. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, look, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't said it, but my, my tip is firmly Jared as well. He, I mentioned just before we came on here, I had a look at this game, quick, quick preview before the preview, and Jared was projected to win, and he didn't even have a quarterback starting at that point in time. So, um, um, good luck, Camo. You've, uh, you've, you've. Look, all jokes aside, you've done well this year, but I think you, you might start packing your bags, mate, because I reckon you're in a bit of strife this week. And and all um, games all games will be finished on Monday too. It'll be uh, we'll know pretty quickly with this one. This will be like that early. You know how there's you know in the AFL you've got the early game and the late game. Well, I guess in the NFL playoffs too. Wild card weekend. This is just the early one. Let's get it out of the way, and then yeah. all attention turns over to the old yeah. curse Main breakers event. field. Mm. Yeah, I have like good line as well to tip Camo, but that no matter how good that line is, I still can't tip him, and I've got to go with Jared. I reckon, and I reckon you're onto something, Manny. This has got a real curtain raiser type feel to it. This game, doesn't it? It's like a, a real dead rubber sort of stuff. It's 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 like just the you know the friendly of the yeah. travelling tour team playing against the under 19s kind yeah. of situation. Australia, Australia A V India A. Yeah, just yeah, Jared's just using Camo as a bit of a tune-up ahead of the real playoffs starting. <laughs> oh, I think week. we're looking at more at like Zimbabwe <laughs> AV Australia. Oh, <laughs> gee whiz, he's got some Zimbabwe treatment. 
Uh, I reckon Zimbabwe can put up more than a 49, though. So I reckon it'd be a bit harsh on Zimbabwe. Come on, Kyle. Uh, uh, all right. Did you tip on this one, Andrew? No, you did. Sorry. But I, I want to hear your line. What was your come over? Uh, so I was going to say, so Jared, or we'll be calling him Tucker's daughter after this week because he's been built up just to be torn back down. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> uh, no, I, all right. So we're... We're uh, we're split on our tips on the first game, and it's a, it's an overwhelming um, Jared from the podcast. So, look, that that's uh, that's kind of it for this week. But obviously, mm. we're down to our last four once when we next uh, hit the air. So, I think we're looking at getting the four on, aren't we, boys? Just a mm. bit of a bit of, bit of a semi-finals preview, and then of course we'll, we'll uh, three on one will already be on the podcast. Well, they're hopefully, putting me back into the playoffs, are they? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Woodsy's escaped, escaped jail at that point, so he'll be able to oh. join us. Jeez, um, tell you what, it, it, the last two times Woodsy been on, one of them he was he was absolutely blind drunk when he joined us, and a week later, I reckon he might have got locked up for that drunkenness because <laughs> he was in a prison outfit. <laughs> so I can't wait got, to see what he dishes he got, up next time. He got bailed out by a Fantasy Pros subscription. <laughs> Uh, everything's coming up wheelhouse for him. Free get out um, of jail, uh, get out of jail free card. <laughs> All right, well, uh, well, Woodsy and Cam, take it as a week's notice. You've got to get yourselves ready and uh, scrubbed up to come on the show. And Andrew, good luck to you. Good luck to Reese. Good luck to Camo, and good luck to Jared on the weekend, boys. Um, you've all had seasons worthy of playing playoffs, and uh, all the best to you. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to everyone. <laughs>